0: Good morning everybody or good afternoon because as usual this is a recorded podcast with myself, Cleo O'Flynn, in Caio Salvaje and with
1: and with Janet Anscombe in the mountains. Um in the rather cold mountains sitting in front of a log fire right now oh, i am jealous i am jealous <laughs> it, it's
0: one of the things i am going to miss about being here for christmas uh, is sitting in front of my dad's fireplace with uh, yes. a pot of tea and slices of christmas cake and judging yes. him to stay awake as we watch the movie on christmas night <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, well we can we can offer you an escape up the hill with a log fire and a piece of Christmas cake and a cup of tea, all suitably distanced, okay. over the Christmas holidays if you feel inclined. Be careful, Janet, because you're saying this on our podcast,
0: so am you say it to you, though. <laughs> okay, sorry, everybody. Um, it's funny. I was because I was zooming with my sisters yesterday. We zoom every week since COVID, and they kind of said to me, "You're you're very good about not." being upset about not going home for Christmas because I have gone home every Christmas. I took the decision in September. We decided, myself and my daughter, that months ago, that this was just not going to happen this year. So we've been resigned to it and planning for a Canarian
1: Christmas for months. And it feels right. Absolutely. And as we were saying last Monday, um, I and my husband, I mean, we, we normally spend Christmas here, and we see the kids at other times, but I mean, we have family, well, we have family all over in Canada, Australia, Germany, our son in Germany, and daughters in the UK, and many friends, of course, and yet, we've all agreed, like you say, we all agreed earlier this year that the only safe thing to do for the foreseeable future is to communicate online over Zoom or by phone, because it is just not safe, and... Even if it were personally safe, even if you could get away with it, surely the best thing is not to be jetting around the planet at or a even, time of a global pandemic. You know, I mean, it's just logical common sense, isn't it? So it
0: is. And we we've yes, had that it's very sad ourselves.
1: that we're yes. going to miss being with our family.
0: Of course. But I, I mean, I, I'm repeating myself from last week, I think. My personal way of looking at it is. If I don't go this year, I am doubling or trebling or quadrupling the chances that I will see my dad next year because he's 85.
1: It's interesting you say that because um, Sanidad, the regional health department um, in the Canaries, issued a little promotional video, information video for Christmas only the other day. And it was it, it is a setting of a family get together for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, the elder gentleman has lost his wife and he is in the bedroom when he is called to the table papa come to the table because dinner is ready and so you have the main family which is a couple and their two children and the father then joins the children's grandfather joins the family at the table and there on the table is an ipad where they're talking to another daughter who lives away right and it's obviously not joined them because it would push the group over a certain limit. And obviously she, it would require her to travel and they're protecting granddad who is at the table. And she says, well, we'll do it next year. And next year we'll need another chair because she's making the announcement that she's pregnant. And there'll be a new grandchild. And the punchline, the tagline of the whole video is for those who have gone already, which is like the old man's wife who's died, for those who are still here and for those who are yet to come, like the unborn baby, essentially stay the hell at home. Yeah. Because you won't have another chance to have another chance of another Christmas. Exactly. And then, I mean it, it just we do that you, you have time. To, we have to
0: think long term. And and that kind of brings us perfectly into kind of, I suppose, the main topic today, which is just to remind people who aren't quite sure or go over what the current restrictions are. Here in Tenerife, because we have, and then we can have a you know quick look at the wider Canary Islands because there is a difference. Uh, and I have a couple of questions that have come in. So, Jana, can we just remind people today is the seventh of no- of December? Yep. We are three days into a one week curfew in Tenerife, which means you cannot go out between eleven pm and six am. Correct. Um. Uh, so that's one of the main things. Uh, and the other restrictions that are specific to
1: Tenerife, can you just remind us what they are? Yes, yes, of course. It's important to, to say that these are in place, are the curfew for one week and the other restrictions for a fortnight, but they are to be reviewed. They don't automatically come to an end at the end of okay. the period. So it is entirely possible the curfew will be extended. But yes, of course, let's just run through and and the reason Tenerife is in um, particular restrictions that don't apply to the other Canaries is that we've just overtaken Grand Canaria as the worst affected island in the Canaries. Now, for those who are following the outbreak in the Canary Islands, the the situation in Grand Canaria has been quite horrendous. And they had runaway figures and they were, you know, double our figures. And people were trying to figure out what it was, and they decided in the end it must be a combination of factors, as these things always are, I suppose. But I suppose to some extent people dropped their guard in Tenerife because we weren't so affected. And it is very sobering to think that with all the restrictions we've had in Tenerife and in the Canaries generally, we haven't still overtaken Gran Canaria now. We are the worst affected island despite... Yeah. how horrible it was in Gran Canaria. So this seven is seven in every ten enemy...
0: infections are in Tenerife, I believe.
1: Yeah, that's exactly. not fun. No, it's not. So the, the basic rules are curfew between eleven p.m. and six a.m. and that's being reviewed on the eleventh of December. So it could be extended, but at the moment that's when it ends. Okay. But in any case, there will be a curfew from the twenty third of December. To mm-hmm. the tenth of January, between one a.m. and six a.m. Yeah, and that that's irrelevant of of these restrictions now. Can I just so the inter- next that t- will include Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve and Christmas Eve, yes, but there is an extra half hour. The curfew okay. is one thirty a.m. But it's not and till
0: four a.m. as it has been in previous years.
1: Nope, no
0: to six a.m. Okay, just so people are aware of
1: that. Yeah. Okay. Sorry uh, for interrupting. That's okay. It's okay. These are complicated, and it it can confuse people because there are restrictions in Tenerife in addition to restrictions in the Canaries. And, of course, there is a national state of emergency throughout Spain. The Mm. Canaries aren't actually covered by that, but some of the restrictions, like the curfew, are being employed in Tenerife anyway. So we have a curfew for this week. We'll do it a week at a time. That's all we can do. For this week, curfew 11 p.m. to 6 Mm a.m. Groups limited to four right obviously now, if
0: you have a bigger family <laughs> you don't have to kick half your family out
1: no you don't the only exceptions for the groups limited to four are if there are children in a group under seven then they don't count okay to the numbers and if it's your family if, if you all live together i think this is the thing that maybe british people might be a little bit odd in terms of Canarian culture here, because Canarian culture might have a household where there are maybe two or even three generations living in the same house. Mm-hmm. So these are people who live together, even though the family group itself is over four, they are allowed to be together. What's not allowed is groups of over four where people aren't living together. Okay. Um, all catering establishments must close at 11.
2: Okay.
1: And there's been great hilarity over the 11 o'clock curfew, because establishments close at 11, but people are meant to be at home by eleven. at 11. So what are they supposed to do? Are they supposed to, using Harry Potter terminology, are they supposed to apparate? Yes, they have a portal. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the answer to that is very simple. All establishments close at 11, but going home is a legitimate reason to be out after 11 okay. in the curfew. So when a place closes, you must go straight home. But if you're caught at ten past eleven on your way home, you are not going to be fined because you're going home. And that is a legitimate. Yeah.
0: Particularly if you're a worker.
1: Exactly. So there there are there are the usual exceptions that we will remember from the lockdown in March. You can go to the chemist. You can take your dog out to do its business.
0: You can bring someone to the
1: hospital. Exactly so. I suppose okay. the only big difference to the lockdown rules for the curfew is the shopping because this is a night curfew. Yeah, yeah. Then you, you, know, there was one as well
0: that caught my eye, and it might be because it's more of a part of culture. Um, you know, my my ex was around yesterday saying, you know, I can't stand at the bar and have my cortado anymore no. because that would be, you know, you'd pop into a bar, you would stand at the bar, you'd order a quick cortado or an espresso drink it standing at the bar and off you
1: would go that
0: is not allowed at the
1: moment no that's not allowed all consumption in catering establishments must be now at tables and my understanding of the law is that even though you can legitimately be in a group of more than four Mm -hmm. if they include children under seven and it's an extended family that live together Mm -hmm. if you go to eat somewhere the tables must still only be for four oh, is my really? okay that's interesting my understanding the other question i'm constantly asked i mean unbelievably constantly asked is can you play golf well my understanding is golf is a sport okay. and what is allowed and i've confirmed this with the police now mm-hmm. what is allowed is individual exercise so jogging cycling running um swimming speed walking swimming in the sea these are allowed because it's individual Okay. exercise but federated sports which is organized sports mm-hmm. professional uh, uh, and non-professional exactly uh, but there is no um professional sport can take place but without an audience okay but I, golfers are not professional they're they're amateur and their sport is organized and it is a sport not exercise in the legal definition it's a sport and federated so The police say golf is not allowed. Golf is
0: not allowed,
1: not allowed because because it's organized sport.
0: Okay, I've also received queries from a number of dance schools uh, and the guidelines seem to say that if they can classify themselves as a gym. And I know one owner has been in touch with the local police. They can continue to operate as long as they are abiding by all the restrictions, because these are individual, mostly girls who are dancing and they're dancing on their with with masks with
1: with gymnasiums which can open they must regardless of their size they can only have a maximum of 15 15. exactly exactly yeah Yeah. but i mean so
0: that if people have been concerned can my can my dance school continue can my theater school continue as long as the maximum number including the teachers i am advising Uh, the 15, and with masks and with social distancing and with no physical contact. Exactly that, exactly. So, so, uh, you know, so some of the activities have been curtailed. There'll be no Christmas shows because the parents can't attend, all that kind of stuff. Right, so that's... Can I I
1: just... Can I just also address one other factor that, that has been said to me now enough times that I think it does need addressing. There are people who are saying that they don't see why they should obey the rules because the problem is very clearly in la laguna and santa cruz I was going and to say. only those two so why should we bother well this is actually not the case no not yes, at all those two, yes those two um cities the whole metropolitan area in fact um, and it's one conurbation, really, isn't it? I mean, La Laguna through to yeah. Santa Cruz, it's all the metropolitan area. Yes, of course, that is major- the majority affected area. But to say it's only up there is absolutely incorrect. So if we take La Laguna, it's got something like 130 odd cases. But Ghia de Zora has 48. A, A decade, decade has, has over 100. Yeah, it had yeah. over 100. A decade, decade has more. So to say it is only in the north is actually misleading and mistaken. Yeah. And you can neither not. can you combine it to an age group, yes. uh,
0: an, an ethnic group, because we've both got these kind of, are they counting the immigrants? And when people say immigrants, they actually mean the e- illegal immigrants. Yes, uh, and uh, no, so there's no, you can't divide it by race, by age, by ethnicity, by yes. job. By location within an island and therefore the rules apply to everyone and it it does and i know it frustrates you as well it annoys me as a resident i have popped out and forgotten my mask i've done it and i've gone back i mean i'm walking at the moment because it's the exercise i'm and i'm halfway down the road and i'm going oh i forgot my mask and i go back and i get it so people make mistakes and people forget of course they do but people who deliberately look for ways around the rules because they think that they don't have to actually, that it doesn't apply to them. It, oh, I, it is probably you know up there. I know recently they, they what did they, they published Spotify on your phone, what you've been listening to this year? Well, I could publish a list of things that I have heard this year that have annoyed the hell out of me. Yes, and one yes. of them would be, I don't see why I have to wear a mask. I'm not infected. It's got nothing to do with me and I mean our our masks are ineffective the science proves it you know so yes which of course is yeah. oh, the world health organization it's took health a while health. they looked at the science the science has evolved and changed and now exactly. the world health organization says wear a mask and and anyway if you live in spain the law is once you are in a public space whether it's outdoors or indoors you wear your mask you don't smoke on the street you don't take it off to talk to someone you don't wear it under your chin. You wear it covering your nose and your face. And at the moment, if I'm correct, Janet, if you have a medical condition that prevents you from wearing a mask, you don't go to those places where you need to wear a mask at the moment.
1: Exactly so. Exactly so. And you need to have a document to show, usually, the policía local. Um, So it should be in Spanish. And it must be an official reason. I mean, someone asked me, they have a lanyard in the UK. Um, saying they don't need to wear a mask and that stops them being stopped. And I've had to say to them, that will not stop you being stopped here. <laughs> you will be asked for medical proof. Whether or not you've got a lanyard or, or, or tinsel around your neck, it doesn't matter. You, you, know, You have to have the proof. The fact is, and it is worth saying, and I know it sounds ridiculous, at least it does to me, that if you're British and you are in Spain, yes, the law applies to you. Of course it does. Yes, of course, well we, we think it. of course it does. But I have been asked more times than I can now shake a stick at whether the law actually applies to British visitors. The answer is for anyone who is listening who thinks or is not certain of the fact, yes, the law applies to anybody who is in Spain because yeah. it's Spanish law.
0: Yeah, I mean otherwise a Spaniard could go to Britain and rob a bank and say, Well, I can rob a bank in Britain because I'm Spanish. Exactly. You know, or drive exactly. on the other side of the road, right? we we have moved to travellers, so that is a good kind of way to jump into the whole big issue of testing, Janet, because there has been uh, a big debate politically, nationally, regionally about PCR testing versus antigen testing. I am no scientist. All I know is the PCR test basically is the long Q tip down the back of the nose. That at the okay. that the Spanish. Yeah government have now said is a requirement for anyone to have had within 72 hours prior of entering, flying, traveling to Spain, any part of Spain, be they tourist, visitor, returning Spaniard, if they are coming from a from a red zone.
1: Yeah. Yes. And, and today the they have updated are 120 the... euros. Yeah. I mean they've updated the list today of high risk countries and the uk remains on the list until the next review which will be the 27th of december so up until now the 27th of december so over christmas the uk remains on the highly ireland is off great Ireland's off list um no longer considered high risk but the uk remains on it so british travelers must bring a pcr test to be clear about the pcr test whatever the, the politics are at the moment, Spain requires a PCR, not an antigen test. Yes. The certificate must be, as you say, no more than 72 hours old when you arrive. I am now aware of tens of people who have been stopped boarding in the UK, a range of airports from Bristol to Manchester, mm-hmm. people who have turned up either without a test certificate, with the argument, are oh, they going to test me in Spain anyway, so it doesn't matter. No. They've been stopped boarding and also people who have test certificates, but they're more than 72 hours old. Yeah. So I'm now I have about 60-odd people who've been stopped boarding in the UK. Mm-hmm. When you arrive in Spain, at least in Tenerife South, not everybody's certificates are being checked at the airport, but the law that was passed allows those certificates to be demanded at any point okay. in the person's visit. So the fact that you might walk through an airport and not have your certificate checked don't celebrate too soon because and keep that certificate on you because it can be at requested time. at any point. Okay. And if you are trying to get into the country with without, then they are. Yes, they are um, testing at airports, but they're also issuing fines for trying to come in without the required. Test. And they're heavy fines. Well, they can be from three to 60,000. I'm hearing 6,000. OK, that's, that's what big, I heard. That's a big sum of, that's a big fine for someone yeah. who's trying to save 200 pounds. Yeah.
0: Now, the, the waters were muddied somewhat because we saw over a number of days and probably still going on, that the Canarian Regional Government, who need tourism to come back, wanted the Spanish government to allow the antigen test to become acceptable too. this is the blood test takes 20 minutes for your result to come back is a, probably a tenth of the price of the PCR test at the moment that is not a test that is permitted when you're entering Spanish national territory am I, am I right you're absolutely right the, the situation
1: is that the hotelier is Associations and the tourism industry, generally, business tourism association is obviously very concerned at the loss of a Christmas season because they've lost the summer season. They've lost a year, they've lost the whole year, yeah. and they didn't want to. So, they've been pressuring the regional government result the regional government is making noises that look. we're doing what we can we are trying to persuade the national government we are using the science we are negotiating with the eu we're trying everything we can they're making these noises to get the tourism industry off their back Uh but some of the some of the local media has taken these noises as promises that antigen tests will be allowed and spain has always said we're not doing this we're not allowing it So I've always gone with the, it's a PCR test until you hear otherwise. Okay. And it's still a PCR test and likely to stay a PCR test. What I'm hearing is though, that even if they were to go for an antigen test, which they're not likely to do, but even if they did, for people in the UK, it's almost as hard to find an antigen test as a PCR test. Okay. Next question.
0: I have a friend who is traveling at the weekend and he is going to travel between the islands. Now, he's doing his PCR test. He will have that as he flies uh, into Spain. But traveling between the islands, he asked me what would the requirements stroke restrictions be traveling between, say, Tenerife and Gran Canaria, which are currently at different levels. Would he need testing? Was there any chance that he would be stopped from traveling from one island to the other?
1: At the moment, under the new rules that apply only to Tenerife and only for the next week or two, because this is a situation in evolution. Obviously, they're hoping the numbers will come down. If they don't, these restrictions will be extended, possibly even toughened. But as things stand today, there is no restriction on moving between municipios okay. or islands or provinces. That means that someone can go from, from you in Adeje to me in Gia de Zora or to El Hierro, which is the same province, or even to Gran Canaria, which is a different province. Indeed. There is no restriction. All I would say about your friend is that once they're in and that original PCR test certificate expires, which it does after it's 72 hours old, if they are then trying to book into a hotel or a legal regulated tourist accommodation here, they will need an antigen test to book in. OK, no can, they get, that, would they,
0: and where, can they get that at the hotel or will they need to go to a health clinic?
1: They can get, well, they can go to anywhere they can get an antigen test. And if they find that hard to locate, all tourist establishments in the Canaries have lists of nearest ones. Perfect. So when he turns up at a hotel, if he has not located a test, they will tell him they're obliged by the law to okay. tell him where he can get one.
0: And no doubt, I would say the better hotels are probably in touch with their clients if they've pre booked.
1: Absolutely. To let them
0: know. Of okay. Course. So once he's got his piece, you They're required to. They're required to. They're required okay. To tell people in advance. Okay. So that's good. So at the moment, there's no restrictions between, between boroughs, islands, or provinces. And some people mightn't realize the Canary Islands is two provinces. So one it's province so is Tenerife, El Hierro, La Gomera, and La Palma. And the other yes. provinces: Gran Canaria, Fuerteventura and Lanzarote.
1: And Graciosa.
0: And La Graciosa. <laughs>
1: We're never allowed for that.
0: So just to, to be aware of that, it's maybe there's a little tidbit of information you didn't realise. So there's no yes. restrictions within the Canary Islands
1: in terms of travelling at the moment. At present, okay. yeah. To be reviewed, the earliest review for these rules will be the 11th. Okay. So by the time we podcast, probably next, next Monday... Week. We will have an update on that then. okay and of course you and i we will be posting any changes yes to this on information our pages on my website okay. or on the adecu focus
0: page. i'm still not back at work guys so that a town hall page isn't back up this is this is my limit yeah. right now very quickly yes. janet because we're running out of time um back let's just end on two things vaccines we know they're already going ahead in the uk uh they've already got them approved Pedro Sanchez, the Spanish Prime Minister, said about 10 days ago that there are 15,000 vaccination points ready to go in Spain. Basically, I I am assuming our local health centres. But the vaccines haven't been approved yet, but they're being ordered. Is that more or less where we're at in Spain?
1: They are beginning now to just ways in which they can. Um, inform and advise the public to reassure them because obviously as vaccination becomes more of a feasible um, reality so the anti-vac nonsense starts ramping up so that they're not only looking at information campaigns about the vaccination program but also to tailor those to deal with the misinformation that is beginning to come out now yeah
0: there's a, a strong line maybe to some people. There's a an Irish scientist called Luke O'Neill, who who, who I do know slightly. Um, he's a great guy. He's, he's just published a book, which I think is number one. It's called Never Mind the Bollocks, Follow the Science.
2: <laughs>
0: In an interview last week, he went a step beyond what I think some people have done. Um, because he is a scientist, he's working... You know non-stop on on this this subject and to him vaccine he said the anti-vac people to him are actually more properly should be named vaccine deniers and he he oh he said in his view they're almost equivalent to people who deny the holocaust existed people who deny the importance and the necessi- the necessity of this vaccine are vaccine deniers um and it's a strong use of language But who who has seen what is going on at at the baseline, he is saying that this is how he actually feels these anti-vax are, that they are denying the existence of science. And he said he will only go. But but prove it.
1: I would go even further. And I would say that since I mean, I agree that it is equivalent. And since Holocaust denial is actually a criminal offence, I would make scientific denial a criminal offence as well, because people's lives depend on yeah. vaccine. We haven't got polio. You know, we, I can I worked with and was in school with girls with calipers. And we people currently might not even friend know what who, a
0: caliper is, but they were long metal frames that went around people's legs because their legs didn't work because they had contracted polio as children.
1: Exactly. And we currently have a bedridden friend who is Really quite vulnerable, <clears throat> and as I say, virtually bedridden because there is a post-polio syndrome that affects postmenopausal women in many cases. And she had polio as a child. Never, I don't think she needed calipers, but now is suffering from. Now th- these are within our lifetime. Yeah, we. You know, you're, when you're I was a kid. Like,
0: you had a polio sugar lump in school and and everybody took it and got it. And this was part of the exactly. national polio vaccination scheme to eradicate it. Exactly. And the
1: reason the reason we are having to explain what calipers are is because polio has been eradicated and that is entirely because of vaccine. Yeah. So please, people,
0: I, I am not going to say to people that everybody has the right to an opinion and everyone has a right to their point of view, but follow the but their own facts,
1: follow the science. Yeah, people have a right to an opinion, but not a fact.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anyway, a fact
1: is a fact no a doubt event. we will get people screaming at us for what we have just said.
0: <laughs> but let them scream. We were going to talk about <laughs> Brexit, uh, but Janet, by the time I, we even finish recording this, something else will have happened in Brussels. So
1: maybe... I think we're looking at um, two things to say, basically. Um, today seems to be a bit of a crunch day, in of crunch days. A crunch of crunch days and a crunchy day. I think we're probably a crunchy day and I think we're probably over half way likely to get a no trade deal agreement, um, but this is not, despite what people who might approve of Brexit might think or want, I don't think this is ever going to have a quick and easy solution, no. so if there's a no deal, no trade deal today. It simply means that come 1st of January, there will be particular problems in the UK. But this isn't going to stop at that point. Because at some point, trade deals have to be struck, unless the UK wants to starve. Yeah. There have to be trade deals of some sort. So at some point, they're going to have to be done. Yeah. If they're not done by the 1st of January, or even in the next week, there will be problems in the UK come January. But they will be resolved at some point. But yeah. Uh, Yeah, I mean, you look
0: at things like, I mean, I read that I think there's a new ferry route between Cherbourg directly to Ireland, like hauliers are looking now to avoid going to the UK at all. Um, And again, listening to to various programmes, information coming from various sources, whatever happens today and tomorrow, I mean, in terms of crunchies and Brexit and stuff, things like freedom of movement for British citizens freedom to move travel work and live in the European Union that's gone I mean that just yeah, went yeah. ages ago well, all we're talking about now is trade yeah I mean, if today, you're a resident here now yeah. you're fine
1: more or less yeah. you are if you are a long-term
0: legal resident of Spain yeah. that status that right you have to live here your kids to go to school you to have health uh, care and you to work here that's okay because you are a legal resident
1: And I would just say that that is because in the end, the UK left the EU with a deal, a withdrawal agreement deal, which is now a treaty. So for those who were hoping for no deal a year ago, you're only in the position you're in now because there was a deal. Because if there had been a deal, you wouldn't have those rights. Ignore headlines about about EU suddenly
0: imposing visas or EU now as a revenge, only going to be allowing you to stay for 90 days. That was decided years ago, and it's part of being a non EU citizen wanting to travel and live within the European Union.
1: So that. But my yes, my, yes, but my own personal perspective is that if you have lied your way consistently through what is possible, all the advantages of the sunlit uplands that were going to come, and how sovereignty would be restored, about how blue passports were going to be suddenly part of a global enterprise. If you've lied your way through that, to a position where you can't even, where you've even got to get the RAF flying in vaccines because your ports are buggered, then all you've got left at this point is lies. And that's all they've got. Now, okay, yep, committed remainder, I'll get screamed at by leavers, but this is where your lever hood has brought us.
0: Yeah. So, I, I I stay delightfully Irishly neutral, <laughs> not. Yeah.
1: I well, I do don't. Nothing. It
0: affects my friends. It affects of family. Of um, you know, I I have family who are hoping to study in the UK over the next two years, and they're now very concerned about what rights they're going to have to study, to to live there. I mean, they're not going to be looking to work there. Uh, so it, it's going to affect everybody, and we've known this for a long time. And again, it's like with Christmas and Covid, you just have to be resigned to it. And you work, you, you don't work around it. You work with the new rules. That's I mean, important. this
1: is the reality now we are out of the EU. We left it almost a year ago Yeah, um, with an agreement that protects our rights. Um, what whatever happens now is is a trading. Um, this pop-up. is what they're talking about these days. It's and trade. this is all they're talking about now. And it will need to be resolved at some point. It's just a case of how difficult is it going to be and at the moment it looks like it's going to be maximum difficult yeah yeah, yeah. because um, citizens rights that was done that's and all sorted. yeah That's so right. not, that's nothing over the next few days is going to change that all
0: basically right. well, look,
1: anything you read in anything you read in the tabloids just be aware that they have to lie because lies are all they've got left yeah they need, headlines. they need headlines
0: yeah all right janet we asked people to send us uh, any suggestions for christmas music and uh, our great friend Diana McGowan did send us one, which happens to be both of our favourites. So it we is, will it is, it is. We will be playing <laughs> out with A uh, Fairy Tale of New York, which I adore, adore, adore. Yes. An, and, an
1: American song from Irish writers and no Britons in sight for it at the moment, which is appropriate, I suppose, right now. Uh, on I'm Diana such French... Irish, I, London Irish, I think, which uh, <laughs> oh, I've yeah. always had a strong...
0: Uh, strong roots and a strong sense of culture, song and tradition so Absolutely. this song took a while to write because they wanted to get it right and it's got to be one of the best Christmas songs ever written.
1: I think it's many people's favourites so the time he took to get it right, yeah he got right. it right. Till next week then talk to you soon Hopefully we will be done with
0: our crunchies. We're done with our crunchies and out of our curfews and into our Christmas yep. PJs. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody.
2: And then we sang a song. The rare old mountain to you. But turned my face away. And dreamed about you. Got on the lucky one. Came in. All our dreams come true
1: They got cars big as bars, they got rivers of gold But the wind goes right through you, it's no place for the old When you
2: first took my hand on a cold Christmas Eve You promised me, bronze. Pretty queen of New York City. When, when the band, band finished playing, playing, they held out for more. Sinatra was swinging, all the jokes they were singing. singing. We kissed on the corner, then danced through the night. The boys of the NYPD coil were singing, away by. And the bells were ringing out for Christmas Day.